Welcome to Explore Europe, a podcast series for American military stationed in and around Germany. Each episode brings you travel tips and local secrets to help you get the most out of your time overseas. This episode is proudly sponsored by Used Car Guys. Pre-owned military car sales all over Germany and new car sales for stateside delivery when you PCS. Good cars from good guys. And now, introducing your hosts, Michelle Peirce and John Sweeney, who've been living in Germany and exploring Europe for over 15 years. So, where should we explore today? Well, there's only one way to find out. It's on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Explore Europe. I'm your host, Michelle Peirce. Let me introduce you to your co-host. Hi, I'm John Sweeney here in Ramstein. Morning, John. How are you this week? Yeah, great. The sun's out shining. It's a lovely summer's day. It's uh, 8.30 in the morning and uh, we've been out for a walk, me and the dog, and uh, the day's ready to start. It's beautiful around here at the moment. Yeah, since we last spoke, we've both been to three different countries between us. I've been to England. Where have you been? Uh, I've been to Luxembourg City and also to Brussels. Wow, that sounds like three new episodes coming up. I think so, yes. (laughs) But that's not where we're going today. Tell us where we're going today. We're going to a beautiful, wonderful city called Strasbourg in France. And uh, some people do believe it's part of Germany. And I think I'm talking to one right now, right? Yes. <laughs> I was just about to say that. If you look on a map, Strasbourg does look like it's in Germany. Well, it's pretty close um, to, to Germany. And over the years, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, as many European countries have, uh, different towns and cities have changed hands and you know, at one point there was German rule there. Now it's uh, now it's French and we're in a modern era, so I don't think that's going to change. I see. But the city itself is actually situated on the Rhine, isn't it? So it's literally on the border between France and Germany. Yes, Strasbourg is very close to the um, French-German border. It's literally, if you're going from parts of the Black Forest, it's the first city that you'll see. And um, coming from Ramstein Air Base, it's approximately about two hours. Stuttgart, coming from the other... Um, angle is about two hours as well and about two and a half hours from Wiesbaden so not too far. So it is something we could do in a day trip or would you recommend an overnight? You can do it in a day trip but I've done overnights and I've, I've done in fact I've done an overnight and I've done a day trip so you can do both. Oh fantastic um, so presumably if it's this close to Ramstein you've driven there or did you go by train? A drive it's, it's very quick to drive it's the easiest way to get there. Okay, and um, can you take the car around the city when you're there, or do you kind of drive and leave it? I don't know how big the city is. Yeah, it's 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 a fairly large city, um, about three hundred and fifty thousand people, I think. But when you get close to the city centre, park up and then start walking. There's a lot of pedestrianised zones in the area uh, in the city centre, so uh, find a good park house and then uh, get walking. Fantastic. And you mentioned that you stayed overnight. So where did you stay? How did you find your accommodation? Um, found the accommodation in my favourite place for, <laughs> for accommodation in Let Booking.com. <laughs> yes. How did you know? Mm. Um, yeah, was, we got a really good hotel. It was called Regent Contadors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a part of the Premier Collection. It's really downtown. It was it was great. Uh, it was you could drive into it. It had parking and probably about three or four hundred metres from the pedestrian cobbled streets. If you're staying in a hotel. It's good to make sure you're not there the week of the European Parliament, because when the European Parliament's in session, the hotels are very busy and very expensive. And that's another thing that draws a lot of people to Strasbourg It is the the European Parliament. And once a month they sit down and talk about the laws there. 
So check a couple of different weekends or a couple of different times just in case. Mm, good to know. So I guess if you're looking for hotels and you find that they're very expensive, it could be that the Parliament's sitting that week and it's best to avoid. Yes, just uh, just check other just check other dates to see whether there's a big difference on on prices. Good to know. Okay, so let's get stuck in. Tell us about Strasbourg, what you did and how you got around. Okay, the, the first thing people are going to go to Strasbourg for, or the main thing, is the cathedral, right bang smack in the city centre. Okay. Um, back in the Middle Ages, a town was successful if it had a cathedral. And the theory was the taller the cathedral, the more grand the town was. And then people would come to you for trade, for fruit, for veg, for carpentry, for ironmongered works. And at one point, the cathedral was the tallest building in the modern world. So wow. they're very, very proud of the cathedral. Wow. So that is very much a central sightseeing spot in Strasbourg. Absolutely. And then... Um, <laughs> It's great to go inside. It's great to walk around. It's a real Gothic cathedral. The only one that stands out anywhere similar to it to me is the one in Cologne. So uh, if you if you like your churches, you like your cathedral, Strasbourg has a bit of everything there for you. Uh, do, you do you recall if you have to pay to go in or is it free? Uh, the cathedral is free, but if you mm-hmm. want to walk up the bell tower, which mm-hmm. I would r- recommend, uh, the bell tower was about five euros for an adult and about 350 for children. A lot of steps. A few, quite a few steps, but you get some wonderful, wonderful views. Uh, you see all over Strasbourg, obviously, um, but then on a good, clear day, you can see into Germany and into the Black Forest. Oh, wow, that sounds fantastic. Also, while at the cathedral, right, there's um, some stuff there for the kids to do. There's this really, really interesting clock. Uh-huh. Okay, the clock is the astronomical clock. What does uh, that even mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to double-check and look up on it this morning just to go, make sure I get it right. It's um, a planetary dial, and it shows a real position of the sun and the moon. Wow. And, yeah, and it's, it's hundreds of years old. But then at um, the solar noon, which I think is 12, 30, not actually 12, but you have to double check, uh-huh. there's 18-inch figures of Christ and the Apostles that come out, parade around the, the clock, okay. and then the clock, the clock is life-size. It throws rice over the, people, over the uh, figurines as well. So it's really interesting. But that gets busy and you've got to book for that and you pay for that. Okay, so that sounds like quite a spectacle. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like, supposedly like in Germany when you get the glockenspiels and uh, the old yeah, glockenspiels. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, that sounds so, like a great little tip for a tourist. Yeah, and there's something that the kids can do as well. You know, mm. we want to walk around and drink some beer and wine and coffees and you know, the kids sometimes get bored with that. So there is that to do in the, in the church, in the cathedral for them as well. Brilliant. Okay, also what I would thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly recommend, there's no hop-on, hop-off bus. And if you listen to some of our previous uh, podcasts, you'll know that I love the hop-on, hop-off bus. <laughs> we are um, always banging on about a hop-on and hop-off bus, aren't we, John? <laughs> absolutely. I think like a broken record, but there you go. <laughs> um, what they have in, in um, Strasbourg, because it's a smaller uh, central uh, city centre, mm-hmm. is they have Le Petit Train. So they have a small train that you can jump in on get your headphones and get some commentary as it drives around. And that's 40 minutes of driving around the city centre of Strasbourg and showing you some of the really nice sites and somewhere we can get off afterwards and walk, go have some coffee, go have some wine, beer. You've got to eat some cheese. You've got to eat some salamis when you're there and just sit and watch the world go by. Um, And it's got a really nice outdoor cafe uh, culture. Yeah. well, I think when we were speaking about it before, you mentioned you had visions in your head of the checkered red tablecloths and all that. And that's exactly what it's like. 
And then you've got, yeah, it's it's wonderful for that. And just nibbling on food as you're walking around is a a great way to break up the day. And you can always feed the kids some ice cream as well. Let's just go back to this little, the petit train, did you say it was called? Yeah, that's right. So once you're on the petit train, the little train, and it's driving around, there's all these small, narrow, cobbled streets, the nooks and the crannies, as I like to call them. And it takes you to one of the most photogenic Instagram spots you'll ever come across. And that's called Le Petit France, the little France. And why it's called that, it's really funny. Years and years ago, when there was German rule in the area, Mm -hmm. um, there was an outbreak of syphilis. So what the Germans did, because the Germans are clean and correct and everybody else are pigs, (laughs) what the Germans did was they built a little island and put all the French and all the syphilis people on this little island and they called it the small France. But... um, Obviously, now in the modern ages, syphilis is, is not around as much and uh, it's a pretty clean country now. <laughs> and uh, But all the, the buildings are painted different colours. There's flowers, window boxes, and it's just a place to take loads of pictures, walk and take your time. And it's, it's very enchanting, very romantic. So all those beautiful pictures I see of Strasbourg on the internet, those kind of very typically French timber frame buildings, cobblestones, beautiful flowers, that's all come from kind of the Petit France area. Yeah, absolutely. And that area uh, is the the Grand Island. And um, back in 1988, UNESCO made the whole area um, a World Heritage Site. And it was the first time UNESCO had made an area a World Heritage Site. They were normally doing um, statues and stuff like this, but they chose the whole town. Uh, that part of the town so they were very proud of that in Strasbourg as well. Well that tells you really quite how beautiful it is then if it needed to be protected under a UNESCO banner. Absolutely like I say it's worth getting down there seeing all the hustle and bustle the people around seeing the beautiful architecture the lovely old buildings the timber frames it's it's very very nice. Could I get by there without any French? Yes they're um, obviously French is the main language they're not they, they speak a bit of German they're not as English, English-fied, if that's not even a word, but you know what I mean? Anglified, there you go. They're not as Anglified as the Germans would be, but they are very into the tourism so that you will get English. Menus are in English as well. Okay, great. Good to know, because I haven't spoke French since I was at school. Me neither, so I got <laughs> by. So if I can get by, you can definitely get by. <laughs> so what else do we have to do in Strasbourg? Well, there's, there's a lot to do. And if you get on that train, it yeah. takes you to a few different places. Mm-hmm. And the train's really good for the children. You know, it's not just for the adults. It's for the children to take the children off the streets and then they can see some different things as well. Do you get the commentary in English on the train? Yeah, the commentary's in English. I think Spanish as well and a few other languages. So Great. it's good for everybody. Yeah. There's a, a covered bridge. It's a 17th century covered bridge. I'll never get the name right. I think it's Barrage Vauban. Oh, that um, sounded well, quite impressive, John. <laughs> well, it would to an untrained ear, I'm sure, but there we go. <laughs> but it's a 17th century covered bridge, and you can actually climb on top of it as well, and there's views all over the old town, so that's nice. And the kids like getting up on top of, um, on top of the bridge looking down. Yeah. And then there's a really old 13th century, I mean, like, really, really old, another bridge. It's called Pointe Couverts, and um, three bridges meet, and there's mm-hmm. four towers connecting them. And there's water either side. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to see where the town splits and Le, mm-hmm. uh, Le Petit France is there as well. And that's nice to get around and walk. And then there's cafes and, and all that just down by, by the side of the river. 
So after all this traveling around on the train and then getting off and on by foot to explore, I'm probably going to be hungry. And as we know, that's my favorite subject. So tell me about some good places to eat. And can I get my favorite dish, which is from the area of Alsace, Flammkuchen? Yeah, Flammkuchen is, is a German type dish. It's, and how do we describe it? It's, uh, it's a thin, very, very thin based pizza i would say is the, the the best way to describe it it's not thick and doughy it's mm-hmm. just very very thin based and they get a bit of cream fray a bit of bacon a bit of onion on there and there's vegetarian options for people like yourself michelle but the <laughs> flam cooking is everywhere um pretzels is another national dish which we associate with germany as you can see the german influence coming through yeah um, and lots of sauerkraut sauerkraut with pork or sauerkraut with sausages as well so that's everywhere but Probably my favourite is just stopping and just grabbing some cheese and salamis and just sitting there and having a glass of wine. And they, they have a special glass in the, this region, the Alsace glass. So it's, it's uh, got a thin green stem and a big round head on the glass. And that's the local glass for the region. So that's how they serve your wine. God, it's only 8.30 in the morning and I'm already got my mouth watering listening to all of this. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, one of the beautiful things about living in Ramstein or the KMC or being in Germany is we're so close to so many different countries. Yeah. And obviously on the side we're on, France, Luxembourg, um, Holland, Belgium are all very, very close. And in Ramstein, we can be in France in 30, 45 minutes. So you know, getting, to, getting used to some of that French food is always good. Oh, sounds fantastic. So as you know, I like those mum and pop uh, style restaurants and they're, yeah. all, they're all over Strasbourg. The little red checkered tablecloths and all that, they're everywhere. So what I like doing was stopping getting the cheese and the salamis. There was flam mm-hmm. cooking, pretzels as well, um, which you associate with the Germans. So it's all, all good there. But then um, I went for a, a fancy meal one night because I stayed the night. Went to this really nice restaurant out near the European Parliament called Chez Nude. Um, and it was very Art Nouveau type style restaurant and spoke perfect English. The menu wasn't in English, but she translated everything. Mm-hmm. And I got my first dish slightly wrong and ended up with a green egg. <laughs> What's a, I mean, literally a green egg. A green egg with, oh no, it had a bit of froth around the side of it as well. So it, <laughs> I, I can say that wasn't my best starter I've ever had, but then um, the rest of the food was, was very, very good. And, um, They've got some chickens and some fish out in their gardens and sometimes they'll, they'll get fresh chicken, fresh fish. So it was really good and really worthwhile. Did you have to book that in advance or were you able to get a, a booking spontaneously? Uh, I always book in advance. There's something I always do. I, I'll plan my days, not around the food, but I like eating early around about six, seven o'clock mm-hmm. and then walking around the town. A lot of places in Europe, eat very, very late. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not unusual to be in Italy or Spain and be eating your main dinner at 10 o'clock at night mm. um, and children running around that late as well. So I like getting in early, finishing early and having the evening to walk around and grab a beer or, or whatever. But yeah, book early is, is something I always do. Um, but remember we were talking about these kind of cafes and local places in and around the city. Are they places that you could probably just drop into during the day? I guess I'm thinking if you want to go to a very specific restaurant, then you need to book. Correct. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to go to a specific restaurant, book. If you just want to grab something while you're walking around, then you don't need to book. There's loads and loads of restaurants that can uh, handle you and there's stalls with all the hams and the cheeses, the pretzels, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, you don't need to book for that. 
And what about currency and cards? How is that in France? Because as we know, in Germany, cash is king. Yeah, same, same in France, cash is king. Some of the larger places will take cards. The currency is euro, so if you're used to Germany, you're used to euros anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But cards always have a bit of cash on you. Check if you're going to go into a restaurant first, whether they'll accept cards, because you may have to go to an ATM and get some cash out. Um, but yeah, cash is king in, in that part of the world as well. What time of year did you go? Because whenever I've looked at pictures of Strasbourg, it's always been quite summery and beautiful. Is that the right time to go? Well, I went, it's brilliant you asked that, because I went in July about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the big thing in July in France is a, a small little cycle race they call Le Tour. Uh-huh. For us is Tour de France. The, <laughs> the Tour de France. And uh, so we went in summer, mm-hmm. went in July, and had a walk around and on the, got there on a Saturday evening, went for dinner done our bits and pieces and uh, Sunday had the tour around and then wanted to go and find a bar to watch the racing. So we got into a little bar. There was half a dozen, a dozen of us watching it. By the time the race was ending, there was 20 or 30 people. And the French are so passionate about Le Tour. They own it. You know, every single one of them is in their blood. Yeah. It's absolutely there. And just witnessing it and being part of it. The, the race was not in Strasbourg. I was watching it on a TV. But just being there was was really really cool. We found a little craft brewery serving some nice uh, nice beers, and it had a uh, the old wooden tables, beams on the ceiling, and the TV on. It was just a really nice experience. That sounds like an idyllic French experience, watching the Tour de France in an old building full of French people drinking wine and French beer. It was it was absolutely wonderful. It was it was, it was probably the highlight of my. Uh, as you know, I like a little bit of cycling. It was probably the highlight of the the two days we had there. Fantastic. You don't only have to go in the summer months. Obviously, summer's good. You're guaranteed, well, not guaranteed, um, sunshine in this part of the world, but there's a higher chance of sunshine. Spring Mm -hmm. would be lovely when the flowers are coming out blossoming, but another time to go there is is Christmas. You know, we love Christmas markets. We've we've done a bit on Christmas markets. We're going to do some more, I'm sure. Um, Christmas markets are wonderful in that part of the world, and Strasbourg has an amazing Christmas market. And it's the original Christmas market from Europe, not Nuremberg, like everybody thinks. Wow, that's good to know. So um, do you know what time their Christmas market starts? I guess around the end of November, like most most yeah, of the markets in Europe. Most of the markets start the first week of Advent. So it's like the end of November running up till Christmas Eve. So Strasbourg is an all-season spot to visit. An all-season spot to visit with loads of great food, lots to see. It's somewhere you can definitely take the kids so they can run around. You can do it in a day trip and you can also do an overnight or a longer weekend, but it's definitely somewhere for the whole family. Well, that sounds like a great place to leave it, John. I'll add some of your recommendations into the show notes. And that's all from me. Okay, and that's goodbye from me. Have fun when you explore Europe. I really hope you enjoyed our visit to Strasbourg, France. It's such a picturesque place which manages to somehow balance the medieval architecture of winding cobblestone alleys and crooked half-timbered houses with the modern progressive EU quarter and France's second largest student population. It is perhaps this unique style that seems to showcase the very best of France and Germany. And it's somewhere I would really encourage you to explore for a day or even a weekend. Every week, I'm sharing a sustainable travel tip, something to make us all more mindful travellers and help us to reduce our impact on the planet as we explore more of it. 
plastic pollution is devastating our oceans and killing innocent wildlife. Unless we act, by 2050, there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish, which I think is terrifying. For this week's tip, I'm sharing a fantastic initiative called Take Three for the Sea. The idea is that whenever you visit a beach, lake, river or stream, you take away three extra pieces of litter, as well as your own, and dispose of it properly to reduce the amount of plastic pollution that gets washed into the sea. The organisation encourages you to take a photo and share it on social media using the hashtag take 3 for the sea. I think when other people see us taking action in this way, it really inspires them to do the same and what a difference that can make. I believe the best travellers leave nothing behind but a good impression and take nothing away but great memories. Thank you for listening to Explore Europe. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you to the good guys at Used Car Guys for sponsoring today's episode. You can find them online at usedcarguys.net or on location at Kaiserslautern, Ramstein, Spangdalem and Wiesbaden. We'd love to hear from you, so tell us in the comment section where you'd like us to visit next. And let us know where you'll be exploring using the hashtag ExploreEurope on Twitter. See you next time, explorers. <laughs> <laughs>